Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, but before we tell you about her, we want to remind you about the greatest event that is coming to Rockwell, Texas to celebrate Gather Moms 100th podcast episode. Yes, we are so excited about it. If you haven't got your ticket yet, make sure you go ahead and get it. Um, we will link that link below here, but it's really just gathermoms.com slash podcast live. And you are going to get, um, with your ticket, you get a full meal and it is the food is going to be so oh, good legit y'all yeah like, legit you're gonna so love good. it we as soon as you walk in the door you're getting gifts and they are great if you've ever been to a gather moms event you know we don't play on the gifts you get moms deserve good stuff yes and then the whole evening will be filled with surprises and fun things we don't want to give too much away because we want you just to walk in and it just feel special and wonderful so make sure you get your ticket the date is Sunday, February 5th from 5 to 7 p.m. It's at a local venue called The Pearl at Sabine Creek. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're going to feel so just like special when you walk in. Yes. And you're going to be a part of our recording of an actual podcast. Uh-huh. You get to be in the audience. We're so excited to have you there with us. Yes. And if you have questions you've always wanted to ask us or just like silly things you wanted to know, you know, like bath or shower, toilet paper <laughs> over or under. I don't know. I don't know what you would ask us. But part of that night is going to be an Ask Us Anything live that only the people in the room are going to get to hear the answers to. Um, so we want you to be part We're of We're going to tell you secrets. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, so let me tell you about our special guest today. Her name is Kat Armstrong. And I have a special love in my heart for this woman because I have known her since I was a freshman in college. Because y'all went to the same college, right? Yes. We both went to Texas A&M University. Whoop. And um, she was actually the chaplain for my sorority. And I remember at that time thinking, man, this girl, she knows the Bible. Like, it was really one of those things where I was like, I I want to know the Bible like she does. You know, it was only her and Beth Moore that I had seen, like, telling me what the Greek was, what the context was, you know. Um, and so it's really neat to see how cats, how God has just opened the door for Kat to have so much ministry over the years. And she's become an author. Um, and so she's written several great books. She wrote a book called um, No More Holding Back, The In-Between Place. But what we're talking about today on the podcast is this really neat series she's written. And her two books, Mountains and Valleys, are coming out this week. And so you can get them. My pre-orders are going to be coming in. But what she did is she she kind of talked a little bit about how, you know, if we study the Bible, sometimes we can get either overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Yes, yes. Because of the way that we're coming at it. And so she wanted to come at scripture in a new way. So she looked at, okay, what are all the mountains in scripture? 
Because they have such significance. Such, And how do they tie together? Yes. You know, we talk about like Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, you know? Yes. Jesus met with God on top of a mountain. I mean, what do all these, you know, Isaac and Abraham, a mountain. So what do these have to say? And then valleys. There's so many valleys in the Bible. And I just thought, man, that just even now talking about it. Makes me excited. Makes me so excited. I kind of want to go on a field trip. Do you want to go to a mountain? Yes. Let's go. Let's go to all of them and like what happened on these mountains? Yes. What does that mean for us? What is What do we learn about God because of that? So I think you are going to love this conversation we had with Kat Armstrong. So let's jump in. Good morning, Kat. Hey, we are so glad that you are with us today. Um, for uh, our mamas, I want to tell them how we met because I've actually known you for a long time. And you were joking that you don't remember, and that's okay because I remember. So well, it was like twenty years ago. It was, so I, yeah. I can't remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> well, I remember because you were ahead of me. Um, because when did you start at A and M? I started in ninety nine and graduated in oh three. Okay, so you were just a year ahead of me because I started in two thousand and graduated in two thousand four. So we met at Texas A and M University. Whoop. Whoop. And um, so we were both in Phylam, but we had very different experiences in Phylam because you were a Phylam celebrity, and I was just <laughs> just a little regular attendee, just trying to keep up with all you spiritual giants. So Kat was the chaplain for our sorority. Uh, so you prayed. Did you pray a lot? I did. Well, I tried to. I kind of wonder, honestly, you guys, if I said it a million heretical things. I don't know what I said. I, I mean, you know, you very well could have, cause I didn't know either, you know, <laughs> but I, what I remember is your passion, you know, for the word. And I felt like we had the opportunity to have our very own little Beth Moore, just teaching our, you know, phylam gatherings because of the way you loved God's word, you studied God's word. And I remember going over to I don't know if it was your house one time or Aaron's because then we ended up having mutual friends and we, you know, came across each other and stuff. But I remember coming over one time and I looked in a room and you were sitting there on the floor and there were all these books just spread out around you (laughs) and you were reading commentaries and you had like the strong concordance and everything. And I was like, okay, get it girl. This is legit. Yes. (laughs) This is making my day. I don't remember this, but I am. I'm grateful to God that the Holy Spirit keeps us interested mm-hmm. in the things we're passionate about, yeah. you know, because that has to come from the spirit that we would be interested in something even 20 years later. Yeah. I, I, cause I feel similarly, you know, I just got home from the annual conference for evangelical theological society around a bunch of Bible nerds way smarter than me. Um, but I still have that just insatiable passion to like study the word. I find it to be just a literary masterpiece and I can't get enough of it. That's amazing. Well, you know, thank you for setting such a beautiful example for me all those years ago. And then it's just been fun to just, you know, watch you continue to grow in that and grow in your gifting and see God just um, enlarge your influence and your ability to teach and speak and lead women, especially, you know, I love um, how you have used your giftedness to help bring women along with you and say, Hey, there's a place for you here too. Um, that was kind of part of your no more holding back. Um, is that, was that your second book? 
That was my first one. No more holding back came out in 2019. So that's like some pre pandemic joy. Uh You know, I look back at pictures and I'm like, Oh, look, we were so happy then. (laughs) She didn't know a global (laughs) pandemic was coming. Oh yeah. No more holding back was the first. And then the in-between place came out two years later. So just, I guess that was last year, the year before, but, um, I really love studying women in the Bible because the Bible is the final authority in my life. And so I want to see how God used women and has always used women. And, and part of that is, you know, how do I want to model my own life? What does motherhood look like for me? What does being a wife look? What does being a worker mean for me? All of the things that I do, I'm trying to look to the scriptures and we don't have direct parallels. I mean, we don't have women in the scriptures, you know, managing their Instagram accounts and figuring out how to like steward that platform. Well, so we won't find that, but we do find, you know, what kind of character they had and, and how God was using them. And so I, I get really interested in those characters. And I also think it's just like a movie or a book that you love Uh when you fall in love with a certain character and they show up later in a different part of the series in the movie franchise, you know, you're like, Oh, I love her character, his character. And so I think we also can kind of follow God's redemptive theme through the scriptures when we follow a person and we think about, Oh, they would have been here too. Or, Uh you know, God, God must've been referencing them. So I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we love we love women of the Bible we too. Do. Yes, we did a whole series called Mama, um, and it was one of our absolute favorite things because we looked at moms in the Bible, and um, some of them weren't even actually like true moms. One of our gather moms kind of standards is it's for women who mom in any way, um, because yes. you know so much of the heart of a mother is in just women, and that's right. So it doesn't always mean that you have you know children in your home. We're mothering in so many ways, and we see those beautifully displayed in the scriptures. So. Yeah. So we love to study them too. So tell us about, um, it's been 20 years, catch us up on where your life is now. What is, what does your life look like? What does momming look like for you? Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, my son, Caleb is our one and only, and he's nine. He's in fourth grade in our public school system here in Richardson, Texas, where we live. And my husband's the lead pastor at Dallas Bible church, which is a really community oriented church neighborhood um, focused and, um, my son momming this season has been kind of challenging because I don't remember math apparently. (laughs) And it's, they changed it. They changed it. Yeah. They they don't teach it. it Like we learned it. Oh, they changed it. I'm like, does McDonald's serve? What's the, there was like a phrase that we had to say to do long division. I'm like, I don't remember that. Excuse my dear aunt Sally was what ours was. Yeah. Yes. Do you Please remember? Do you I don't even know what that means. Parentheses, exponents, mm-hmm. multiplication. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't remember that. It just comes to me naturally when I look <laughs> oh, at the bad. problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well. I just know what I'm doing. I don't need the little cues. Well, I use a calculator, <laughs> and obviously, I can't tell my nine-year-old. Don't worry about it, buddy. You have got computers now, and you're gonna have a computer in your back pocket all day, every day. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so it's been kind of hard. I also feel like he's got some pressure in fourth grade. They feel they tell us it's a real defining year academically. And I wasn't a super great student, um, in school. I learn and I enjoy school and I keep going back to school, but I wasn't grade centric. I wasn't focused on that. And I think he is more so than I am. So I'm actually, he's the one that's like, we have to get this work done. Like, oh Yeah. We do. Do we have to, does it have to be today? He's like, yes, it has to be today. So 
that's kind of where I am in my momming right now. Um, I have a lot of help from my own mother. She lives with us. So after my dad passed away, tragically, it was death by suicide in 2018. She moved in a couple months later and it has been such a redemptive thing for our whole family. Um, and she, we could not do life without her, wow. you know I mean? She's helping me with pickup and drop off and meal planning. And, um, so that's kind of what motherhood looks for me right now. Wow. So interesting. So do you have a favorite part? Like what's your favorite part about being a mom? Well, Caleb, uh, I was gone this week, um, for a couple days and he and I are buddies cause he's my only one and I work from home. So we get a lot of time together. And when I'm gone, we both really feel it. Um, so when I got home, he was like, the only thing I want to do is for you to scratch my back and to read Acts chapter 11. That's where we left oh off. My, shut oh. up. <laughs> so that is probably the best ever. I okay. mean, I could really do without the tantrums and oh, a lot of feelings, you know, that are new. He's trying to figure out how to feel and process those uh -huh. feelings. I could do with about that and long division, but man, that kid, he's really into the book of acts right now. Cause he says a lot of people go to jail. <laughs> yes, actually. Okay. Yeah, sure. Listen, I'm going to chat with my fourth grader later and be like, why aren't you asking me to read acts chapter 11? That's right. Abigail. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's get back he's, to the Bible. <laughs> he's a really kind kid. This kid is just so kind. He's teaching us what kindness looks like because I don't think he got it from us. And he's really different. Like where Aaron and I are both kind of competitive people. We were into sports and Caleb's not. He likes art. He likes music. He likes stories. So we're actually learning to see the world. I think all moms experience that. You learn to see the world through your kid's eyes and you're like, wow, that's so different. Um, but he's he's teaching us a ton. Yeah, that's for sure. That is really fun. Cause I think from a kid's perspective, it's really cool that he can see that there's people in prison there. Yes. You know, cause not just, this is a bunch of rules or this is, you know, this, I don't understand all this stuff that he, you know, that he sees it as the adventure story that it is. That's really neat. And that segues yeah, was, beautifully into your storyline Bible studies, which is what we want to talk that's about. That's right. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm just, it's been the best year of my adult life studying the Bible. I mean, Life has been really challenging this year. We've, we've had some really hard circumstances in our family at church. I mean, just in leadership, but I am knee deep in a project I've been working on for 18 months, just wrapping up writing a six, um, book Bible study curriculum that is in a series together. And, um, it's called a storyline project. I follow a person, place, or thing through the scriptures and, I mean, I have nerded out hard on some things. I'm like, I don't know if anybody else in the whole world is going to be interested in this, but I'm still interested, but I, um, we were in broken bow on a little family vacation a couple uh -huh. years ago and the boys went to the woods to do man things, whatever this means. Uh -huh. I don't know <laughs> the BB gun. I don't know what was happening out there. I'm sipping hot chocolate, finishing reading a commentary by Jonathan Pennington on the Sermon on the Mount. It's such a good book. And I, I was re he just had like this casual statement. It didn't even have a lot to do with the topic. He just said, there are a lot of mountains in the book of Matthew. And he said, Jesus was tempted on a mountain. Jesus preaches his most famous sermon on a mountain. Jesus is um, transfigured on a mountain. 
And Jesus commissions the disciples on a mountain. And I was like, okay, uh huh. this is interesting. So then it took months for me to just look up every single mountain in the Bible. I was like, this is fun. What yeah. is that about? Why? And I was like, oh yeah, Mount Sinai. Oh, Mount Zion. We're going to be together on Mount Zion in the final garden city. I'm like, there are mountains everywhere. Yeah. What are they doing in here? You know, so <laughs> all that to say mountains led to studying valleys, of course. And then I got onto trees and then the Bible project did a, a series on trees. And I was like nerding out every day. I'm like, there are trees in the garden. And then there's the tree in the final garden, you know, like Jesus hung on a tree is what Peter says. And, yeah. um, just, you know, there were tree, it felt like the burning bush. I'm like, that was a tree, man. Uh -huh. So, um, that led to rocks. I got really into rocks and that was probably my, my favorite one. I don't think I'm supposed to say yeah. of the six. Um, but that was my favorite one because I got to study Jacob's story with that rock pillow. And then Joshua's story with those stones of remembrance yeah. when they cross over the Jordan and then the stone being rolled away uh -huh. at the tomb, Jesus's resurrection. They have not put those together before. That's amazing. Oh, it was so fun. I mean, I felt like, you know, everywhere I looked, there were rocks in every story type of thing. And then Peter tells us that Jesus is our living stone and we're supposed to be living stones. And so I remember being like, yeah, blown. Um, so I've had so much fun and I wrote one called sinners and saints and that is following a character type through the new okay. Testament. So I looked at in sinners, I looked at some people in the new Testament that would have been looked down upon uh -huh. that actually end up acting faithfully or they, they put their faith in Jesus. And it's kind of a shock to our system. We're like, well, a Canaanite mom, she's like professing faith in Christ or, you know, the tax collectors repenting or just things that you're like, that's really neat that they're doing that. And then in saints, I looked at religious leaders, like the disciples, maybe like Judas and Peter or Nicodemus uh -huh. who should have gotten it a little bit more than they did uh -huh. or that had wavering faith. And so I'm hoping that through those two studies, you guys, that we would look at the characters as more nuanced, uh -huh. you know, they're like us, uh -huh. they're complex people. Yeah. They're not like sinners or saints. They're not good or bad. They're kind of, they're a whole person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had a new appreciation for Nicodemus watching the chosen. Yes. And kind of seeing him through that. And then um, last year we did a deep dive into like, let's really look at Christmas again. Like what if we, what if we kind of we're realistic about, okay, hey, we've been thinking about Christmas from like maybe what we've seen in like a children's Bible and kind of these pictures of Mary and Joseph alone on a donkey. Is that how it really happened? Okay, no, probably not. And then, so we started, we did a study on Nicodemus and it was really neat to, I had never realized that he was with Joseph of Arimathea um, when yeah. they buried Jesus and this yes. enormous gift he gave um, to, yeah. you know, bury Jesus. And, you know, it just brought so much where I had, I think I'd always seen him as a bad guy of kind yes. of like, um, like, right, like he should get it. And, and never really saw his heart. And so that was, that was neat. So I'm so excited. I have honestly, like, cannot wait to read all of those things and see all the Aww. wonderful treasures you pulled out there. Thank you. Y'all are kind. So tell us as our moms are listening to this and getting excited about mountains and valleys and rocks and trees, how <laughs> do women interact with your study? So what are you hoping that mm -hmm. a woman comes to the study with and then gets out of it? Yeah, I'm really hoping what I pray every day is that it would spur holy curiosity. I think what I'm watching in my son, Caleb right now is that 
he is nerding out about baseball cards. I mean, the kid knows everything. He's not into baseball as a sport, doesn't play, doesn't have any aspirations to, doesn't even watch it on the TV, but he's gotten into baseball cards and knows all the specs and all the players. And that kid is so interested, so curious about how to trade, how to make money, what, what's, you know, what's selling online and um, all the different specs of these players. And he does it with his dad, my husband, Aaron, and they just nerd out together. And I've noticed, I've never had to say, Caleb, you really need to work on your baseball cards. Right. You know, Caleb, it's time, you know, it's time. It like I do with decimals, yeah. you know, where it's like pulling teeth. And I remember telling my husband, I really wish that's how I felt about the Bible every day mm-hmm. where yes. you couldn't pull me away from like my kids sorting and organizing his cards. And he'll say things, mutter things like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so great. You know, and you're like, what? It's baseball cards. That's what I'm praying people feel with the storyline project that they're like, this is interesting. Uh-huh. I don't want to put this down. Like the Bible is a literary masterpiece and yes. God is an art, art just has artistic brilliance in the way he puts things together. So that's one thing I'm praying. And then the second, I feel like a lot of moms in particular, we feel like our faith is fragmented and our lives are kind of fragmented. It's almost like you're like, what hap- am I wearing today? Am I a taxi? Am I the cook? Am I a counselor? Like, am I a spiritual advisor to my kid today? Am I the referee between my children? Like we play all these roles. And so we kind of feel a little bit fragmented, you know, when you get somewhere and you're like, who am I to them? What am I doing today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's yes. my purpose right now? Yeah. Because we're so hurried. And so I feel like that's fragmented. And then additionally, I feel like our faith can be fragmented. I feel like a lot of us are going, okay, I need to rearrange some things and go like you just described Kate with Nicodemus. Wait a minute. I always thought he was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Turns out he has this really redemptive moment at the end of Jesus's life and is an exemplary disciple by the end of the story, just had to follow it all the way through. And so I'm hoping that people put their faith back together with the storyline, because I have found personally that when you study something, you follow it through the scriptures, you start to see there's gotta be a God. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like, there's no way, right? There's no way that Peter talks about living stones and that Joshua and Moses and Jacob and all these heroes of our faith had stones as a part of their story like that, that has to be real. Mm -hmm, We can't. So I think that people will feel like, wow, over 1500 years, 40 authors, 66 books, and it's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think it really bolsters our faith when we go, whoa, this is all connected. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I love that. So one of the things you have on your um, website is an assessment for us to take to find out what kind of Bible reader we are, right? Why did you Mm -hmm. want to do that? Yeah, I've been teaching the Bible uh, over 20 years now, whether it's been a small group in my backyard, you know, or women at church in a large group setting. And I've noticed that most of us come to the Bible three different ways. And once we can figure out which way we naturally read the Bible, we can start to expand our reading and that really keeps us interested. So, and I see this in Caleb when he gets into hamsters or baseball cards, he does three things. He's inquisitive about it. So he's asking a ton of questions. Like, can we go look at hamsters at the pet store? And can I check books out about hamsters and can we watch YouTube videos about hamsters? And then second, he gets really inspired. So he looks at his interests with inspiration. 
he's like, oh, they're just so furry and cute. God just must have loved hamsters putting them together, you know? So he's so inspired by what he says. And then he's imaginative. That's the third way a lot of people come to the Bible or anything they're interested in. They're imaginative. You know, Caleb's like, I wonder if we got a hamster where would he stay in my room? You know, what would he eat? And <laughs> uh-huh. would it be great? Could we pet him every day after school? And Oh, tell us, that- Kat, are you getting your son a hamster? No, we... <laughs> We, we are like a graveyard for hamsters, apparently. Oh, no. We tried twice, you guys, and oh. they did not survive the Armstrongs. Yeah. Oh, too I don't dead. know. I don't know what happened there, but I think the I think we either we we come to the Bible either with as an imaginative Bible reader. So I'll tell you about those folks. So they read the Bible and it comes alive when they're daydreaming. They are like projecting the story in their head. It's like a feature film in their head. They appreciate the Bible, um, just not just in their short devotionals, but they'll find themselves thinking, I wonder what she said next that Mm, didn't get into the Bible Mm -hmm. or like, I can't wait to meet her in heaven and ask her, what did you mean by that? Were you mad when you said it? Were you happy? Were you sarcastic? Mm -hmm. And then I think for the inspirational Bible readers, there are folks that feel like the Bible is so relevant to their right now. They open the scriptures and they're like, that was for me. That is the Holy spirit of God. Like they finish reading a a section of scripture and they're like, that was God's providence. That is the word I needed. That is the sentence I needed. It brings a lot of peace to their soul. And then I would say they're inquisitive Bible readers and they treat the Bible like a science project. They want to pull that thing up or like, what was the Greek? What was the original language? Like, let's get a map you know, out to see where this was on a Bible map. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys, if you know that you come to the Bible, one of those three ways, then when you're in small group with other women and other moms, you can go, Oh, you must be an imaginative Bible reader. Cause I never would have thought about that Yeah, because I'm asking questions like, what was this word mean in the original language or stuff like that. And so I think we start to appreciate each other. And if we can bring all three of those perspectives to the text, they'll never get boring. Like reading our Bible will never be dull. Yeah, that's amazing. We both took the assessment and we both got inquisitive. And I want to be more imaginative, you know. And I think, Rebecca, I think you do that quite a bit, honestly. Well, I was just going to ask, can you be more than one? Because the thing about inquisitive that stuck out to me was you talked about rabbit trails. And I do Uh that when I read scripture, I always get frustrated with myself because I'm like, Rebecca, you were just supposed to be in Romans 8. And now you're off in some other book and you're looking at all these other things. And so it almost feels like I didn't get the job done. (laughs) Like I was just supposed to read Romans 8 and Uh I didn't do it. Uh But then I tell my Sunday school class all the time, I'm like, I can't wait to get to heaven and go to Cinemark. God's going to play that movie for me and I'm going to get to see exactly what happened in the in-between moments that the author did not record. I will say that the longer you study the scriptures, you start to see all three come to be a part. Okay. Does that make sense? So I think we naturally have a tendency. So I'm an imaginative reader. And if I'm not careful, I'll just like float up into a daydream and never come down. And sometimes imaginative readers really need to be like, okay, but what does it say in black and white? I mean, this does have propositional truth to tell us, you know, don't miss that clear point in the text to daydream about what you didn't, what you don't know about the story. Um, and I think for, you know, inquisitives, if you know that you're coming that way, you know, it may just be that you're really mature in your faith and you're like, I need to expand. I don't need to just look at what it says as propositional truth. I really need to um, think about what this might have felt like smelled like where, you know, those type of things. So not just asking 
the text questions, but letting the question at, let the text ask questions of you, you know? So, um, I will say the assessment, I hope it's a help to people and it's got a little book recommendation for each type. If you're like, I want to grow, I want to, I just want my Bible reading to not be boring. I think it'll help people. And I also think it'll give women some confidence that you, the spirit, the spirit of God gave you a superpower. When you read the Bible, if you're inquisitive, when you read it, awesome. We need more inquisitive Bible readers that are women that are moms, you know, so you can celebrate it. It's almost like when you just know yourself a little bit better and you go, oh, yep, that's because I'm an anagram eight or that's because I haven't worked through some things in my life Uh or, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I, I just, I love the idea that women would have that confidence to read scripture on their own. Cause I do think so many women are hesitant because they're like, I'm going to get it wrong or, but they just, what you just said that the Holy spirit is the one that's teaching us anyway. And so if you come Mm -hmm. to the scriptures with that understanding and you just ask him to teach you, he's going to teach you something and you don't have to have, you know, the Bible scholar next to you or the large group Bible study with the speaker. Like you can do it on your own in your own home in your own time. So I think Mm -hmm. the idea that it would give women confidence to read scripture on their own is just amazing. Hmm. So I I do want to talk about, though, I feel like the elephant in the room is, you know, we look at moms and I know that we, our mamas, they want to be in God's word. They want to Mm -hmm. study the scripture. Um, But just from a very practical sense, our moms are struggling, kind of like what you talked about. I mean, so many days it just feels like we're drowning. And so being able, you know, trying to find time to study God's word just feels like, can feel like, well, this is something else to do. Um, You know, I think about the mama who has, a newborn and a two-year-old and a six-year-old, right? Or the mama who has a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old and is trying to get them to their sports things and their, right? I mean, you know, just, just all these. What would you say, Kat, to a mama who she just, she has this longing to be in God's word and she's just struggling mm-hmm. to figure out how, what does that look like for me now? Yeah, I think that that's really real. I think there are times when we find ourselves in the parking lot at church 20 minutes before Bible study going, I didn't do answer a single question. I didn't even crack this curriculum open. And now I have to walk in there and try to have some sort of conversation where my mind is really worried about my kid and a bullying situation at school. I'm worried about my aging parents. You know, I think we just as moms, we carry so many burdens. So it's not only just the emotional baggage that we're carrying every day, but then it's like, we're totally squeezed of time. I mean, don't you feel sometimes you're like, I'm lucky that I brush my teeth and brush my hair. You know, I I took care of everybody else. Everybody else is fed, they're dressed, they're ready. Um, But me, I'm kind of like the last priority. And so, of course, spending time in God's words is like an extra, extra luxury. It feels that way sometimes. I mean, you and I know it's like crucial to our well-being, should be our greatest priority. But I think a lot of times it's like, well, I mean, if I have extra time, maybe. So I would just say to free ourselves from the burden of doing it a certain way that worked in a different season. And to not assume that the people we look up to teaching the word in front of us are doing a certain way through their whole life. Mm. You know, it just, so I think sometimes we put some unrealistic expectations on ourselves that maybe by now as a mama, you should be studying, you know, the Greek language from the Greek Bible in the new Testament while you spend an hour and a half, 
you know, in solitude and prayer every morning. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't, I think that's totally unrealistic. And I think as long as we feel communion with God connected to him, however that looks for you, I think you should be freed to do it. And when it comes to the word, we're living at a time where you don't have to crack open a paper book. You could hear the word on audio. You could just put in your buds at a baseball game while you're watching at practice and listen to something short. And also think Kate, like we need to give ourselves a lot more grace. It doesn't have to be 40 minutes. That's right. You might only get five before an important conversation happens with someone else at practice that needs a listening ear or prayer Mm -hmm. and prioritize people around you. But you might only need five minutes with the Lord before you're like, Ooh, I forgot about living stones. That is good. I'm taking that with me today. You know, um, but I would say put Bible on audio somehow podcast it, put on the Bible project, watch a video, you know, don't feel like you are. I just feel like a lot of moms feel like they're copping out. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, all I did was the Bible gateway app today, uh-huh. you know, or I watched Tara Lee Cobble read a verse on you version on Instagram today. Uh-huh. That's the word of God. Yeah. Let the spirit just wash that over you. And I think if we carry shame and regret every day to the scriptures, it's going to make us not want to get into them. Right. So, and I would just say, you know, fine, do those rabbit trails. You get into a rabbit trail, even if you're mid study with your church and you're supposed to all be pasting together, it's okay to be like, you guys, I couldn't get into the study this week, but I looked up this word and I got really into it and look what I found. And that's okay too. So I think we just need a little bit more freedom. That's beautiful. I think that is so freeing and so helpful. We talked about not that long ago about, do you remember that little poem that would say like, um, that Jesus is sitting in the chair waiting for you to come and sit with him and you walk past and you walk and like, what a beat down that is, you know, cause this is like so much guilt that he's just like sitting there waiting for you in the chair and how, no, actually really, he's just with you all the time. So any yes. time that you have the opportunity to stop and talk with him, he's there. He's not sitting in your house waiting for you in a chair. You know, he's like, I'm here with you with right you. now, girl. You you know, you yes. ready to talk? We have a few minutes. Let's, let's talk, you know? Yes. Um, and yes. I, I love that. I think it helps take the pressure off. And I think what you said is so beautiful. Um, and don't we want to run to a God who's like that? Um, who mm-hmm. isn't like, you didn't spend 40 minutes with me, you know, shame on you. But mm-hmm. instead who is like, I just love you. And anytime we can get together, I just, that's mm-hmm. what I want. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. that's the kind of God we want our kiddos to love and that causes us to just have a love for him because it's not, you know, out of a burden, but a a delight because, you know, and it's that thing. And and I guess I hope for our women, um, what you've experienced and what we've gotten to experience is that when they open God's word, that they would find those treasures and Mm -hmm. that then their soul would long for it in a way that it would help them to maybe get out of the bed a few minutes early or take a few minutes um, in the parking lot to stop and spend time with God because they just, they know their souls need it. And it's such a joy in their life. Mm -hmm. So good, you guys. Yeah. Are y'all familiar with the habit stacking concept? Yeah. From Atomic Habits? Yes. Yeah. So I think that we can also encourage mamas to do that. So habit stacking is, um, if you know, you're okay. So I use a led red light on my face, like every other day. I'm obsessed with this. When thing. did you my start friend, doing that? I don't know. Like a year ago, my friend Nika was telling me about it. She's like, it'll really help your skin. It'll keep it yeah. radiant. Well, I keep hearing you'd about be it. shocked 
how I will prioritize that stinking little red light where I'm like, I don't know. I need eight minutes. I just need eight minutes. Uh I started habit stacking where I'm like, I guess I could read while I'm sitting in front of this red light because clearly I feel like my skin's more important than my time with Jesus. But I think sometimes we feel guilty that we would even do that. If you're reading your Bible app while you're blow drying your hair, that's being in the word. Uh If you're on a walk and you put in and you listen to a podcast about the word, that's okay. Like it, I think we, like you said, Kate, we have this unrealistic expectation of like, you got to be in a certain room in your certain chair with your certain blanket and your certain, you know, Bible doing a certain study. And really we just need to connect, connect with God. Yeah, that's beautiful. So for us, I don't know if you remember, we talked about that one time and I said that um, I was struggling. I went through a season where I was struggling to get in the word, but I knew going to bed every night, I don't know if you do this, but I look forward to my first cup of coffee in the morning, like going to bed at night. I cannot wait until the morning when I have that first cup. And so my habit stack was that I could not take that first drink until I was sitting down with my Bible. There you go. And so that helped me so much get, you know, get back in the word. And then Kat, I mean, I'm with you. Like, um, I've been in Colossians this year. And so I just, it plays while I'm in the shower. And I, so I just listen to mm-hmm. it every day and I just let it, mm-hmm. I just let it play. Um, and so I just love that. I think there's just so much freedom, especially I think maybe for us, for those of us that grew up in a church setting, or we were taught this whole quiet time mentality, it can come with some legalism, um, mm-hmm. and some, some heaviness that really does not come from the Lord. We don't actually find yeah. those things in scripture. And so that we could be freed up to just love him in an organic and, and beautiful way for whatever season that we're in. Mm, so good. So we want our moms to be able to connect with you and to be able to get your studies. And I know they're kind of rolling out. Um, some of them have already been released. Some of them are going to be released in early 2023. Um, when can they get them? Where can they get them? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Thanks you guys. Y'all are so kind. So you can pre-order all six of them and you can do that anywhere books are being sold. So if you want to go to nav press or Amazon, you know, wherever you shop for your books, Christian books, you can do that online. And then mountains and valleys, they come out, um, January 17th. So it'll be ready for spring. So if you're thinking about want to lead a small group at my home or my church, you know, has a large group ministry and I want to create discipleship resources for them. Um, it'll be ready for that. I think a lot of us kind of launch that yeah. right at, right after the kids get back in school yes. in January, we have like a week to breathe uh-huh. and then we're like, okay, now yeah. I can start New my Year's resolutions group. for January 1st does not work for me because no. my kids are all home. I'm no. going to need to do that maybe on the fifth when yeah. they're back in school. Yeah. So that's yes. good. That's good. Yeah. Life starts on January 5th or yeah. whatever day they go back to school. <laughs> yeah. That's when we go back to normal life. Um, so, and then I think the uh, sticks and stones was about trees and rocks that sticks and stones comes out next April and then sinners and saints comes out next August. So by the end of the year, I mean, you could have potentially gone through all six, which would be really neat, but I've got some free resources on the website, um, for small group leaders. I have just found that when I use curriculum, I always need to supplement with extra discussion questions. How am I going to share the gospel? If someone in my group doesn't know Jesus personally, like, how am I going to keep it connected? But also, you know, this is a five week study and we're meeting for seven weeks. It's just all that yeah. I've tried to make people's life easy and create free downloads on the website for small group leaders and large group leaders. So, um, people can check it out at the storyline and I've got an Instagram handle too, or 
Um, you can, I'm on Instagram way too much more than I should. So if you're not weird or creepy, <laughs> I will probably respond to your DM. Uh-huh. Um, and it, you know, my, my best is offering book recommendations. Or yes. I'm always screenshotting. People. Listen, if I could only read all the books you have recommended, because sometimes cat it's a stack. Like you have a whole stack and I'm like, okay, she says these are all good. When yep, I yep, yep. But I have screenshots I take from your stories Aww. and books I want to read. Oh, well, that makes my heart happy. I mean, there the more that we can like find interesting people who are studying, you know, at a deeper level, I just feel like that's where I am in my life. I'm like, oh, they've been doing this their whole life or like they've only studied this one passage. It's so cool to learn from people who've become experts in something. Yeah. Yeah, and my husband always says, leaders are readers, and readers are leaders. <laughs> he walks around the house saying that. So I'm always like, okay, Kate, you know, you're a leader. You, you've got to keep reading, and, you know, it helps me. <laughs> I don't know why I know that's silly. Love it. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, mamas that are listening, all of the links um, will be in the show notes and Kat's Instagram handle. She's a great follow. She's a lot of fun, and um, and it always has the best book recommendations like we talked about. So, Kat, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for... Man, what just being a willing um, vessel for the Lord. Um, I believe mm-hmm. He has gifted you immensely, and I'm so thankful that um, you have allowed just to be an open-handed with that to to use that gifting to bless women, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that this project has been intense, and I can't imagine you know how the enemy has potentially mm-hmm. wanted to use your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so, just as sisters in Christ, we just say to you, thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Um, thank you for the treasures that you unearth that we get to enjoy. And we cannot wait to study along with you. And thank you for being with us today. You guys are awesome. Thank you for spending time with me. This is a joy. Good. Thank you, Kat. 